Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow listeners, and welcome to episode five of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I have with me a startup advisor, serial entrepreneur, and tech blogger, Hillel Fold. Hillel is the founder of Zula, a communication app which helps teams communicate more effectively. He is also a writer for several online publications, including TechCrunch and Business Insider. Hillel is also a mentor at Google, IBM, and Microsoft. And now, in his latest venture, he has launched Zcast, a mobile app for podcasters. Hillel, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Thank you for having me. Just a small correction, if I may. Sure. Not the founder of Zula, CMO of Zula. CMO, okay. Yes, we did launch Zcast just now, and it's exciting stuff. It's amazing. Listen, I'm fascinated to know how you built such an impressive personal brand. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what it was like growing up? Sure. Uh, from New York originally. Been mm-hmm. in Israel 23 years. Came here when I was 15, so not an easy age to go from any country to any country, let, let alone New York to Jerusalem. Quite a transition. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, did the army, did high school here, did college here and um, in Israel. When I say here, we are in Israel. And uh, transitioned into tech kind of accidentally, I'd say. I studied political science, but tech kind of drew me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and just been working, having fun for the past 10 years in tech. And when people ask me business or pleasure, it's a very difficult question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I did some research on you. You have thirty over 30,000 followers on Twitter. I try to add you as a friend on Facebook, and it said I couldn't because you have too many friends. How do you build such a huge following? Well, first of all, I'd like to shock your listeners by telling you that if you think Twitter's a lot, I got mm-hmm. 55,000 followers. Are you ready? Yeah. Google Plus. What? But yeah. who who cares about Google Plus? Well, apparently there are 55,000 people following me, so someone's there. But Right. I always wondered about the power of Google Plus and a, whether it's any whether it does anything. That's a topic for another time, but you'd be okay. surprised. I could tell you stories about Google Plus you wouldn't believe. But, I mean, the truth is I'd love to give you some kind of, you know, magic, uh, you know, equation, something that I did that I could say anybody could do and just build a personal brand. But the truth is that I've been um, blogging and building a, a content, I'd say, empire for the past 10 years, day in, day out, lots of hard work and... Um, you know, it's all through content. Everything that's happened in my career has happened, you know, indirectly or directly from my blogging kind of, I'd say duplicated the, the whole blogging thing on different social networks, but mm-hmm. it all started with content really. And just writing, you know, as you, you mentioned TechCrunch and Business Insider, but I, over the years have written for Mashable and GigaOM and Huffington Post and VentureBeat and the next web and TechCrunch. And I mean, the list goes on and on. So really content is at the foundation of everything. So we're going to get to that in a minute, but how many, like, give me an example, every single day you write an article every single day? Well, the word articles is okay. a difficult I mean, it depends what you consider an article. I don't write, I don't blog every single day. Unfortunately, I'd love to say I do, but for mm-hmm. seven or eight years, I did. Uh, now, I unfortunately, don't have the time to blog every single day. But if you, you know, you, you know, you tried to connect on Facebook, but you know, we're connected on Twitter, and you'll see that not a day goes by where I'm not tweeting a good 70, 80 times. Facebook, you know, several posts each of them. Seventy times on Twitter. It depends. I mean, that's the average. Wow. But on Facebook, you know, posting regularly, Google Plus, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, Snapchat, and the list goes on. I'm a big, I'm a big content fan. Do you ever get people saying you, you, you put too much content out there? You're tweeting too many times. You're. When I meet people that say to me, Oh, I follow you on Facebook. The first thing I say is I apologize for all the noise. <laughs> um, but in, it turns out, I mean, I was at a conference yesterday and people, and it, it's, it makes me, it really does make me blush. It's, it's kind of awkward because, you know, it's a new world out there. You can call someone a friend that you've never met before. It's kind of weird. But right. at a conference yesterday in Jerusalem, at least five or six people, and I think that's understating it, came over to me literally, random people I've never seen in my life and said to me, 
you rock. And I wow. said, well, what does that mean? They said, we follow you on Facebook. I follow you on Facebook. I love what you do. It's very, it's, a, it's an awkward thing, but apparently people like it. I mean, people like good content. People like stories. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a very big fan of storytelling. Everything I do when I quote unquote promote something, it's never really directly promoting. It's always telling a story. And so people like that. Amazing. Also, you're a mentor at Google and IBM and Microsoft. Can you explain what that means? How did you manage to get those positions? Sure. So in Israel, in addition to the startups that everybody knows that there's so many startups, there's also so many accelerators, mm-hmm. which is basically programs that um, help startups grow. And part of the perks of joining an accelerator as a startup is you get, you get access to um, mentors. And so each of the, you mentioned a few, but there's tens of accelerators in Israel. I'm, I'm a mentor in probably seven or eight of them. Microsoft's the most successful, quote unquote, in terms of track record. Google Are these has, paid mentorships? No, free? absolutely not. I, you know, give up my own time and say, I'm going to help these startups. This is what I love doing. I mean, I meet, I meet startups every day and I, you know, people say to me, what you offer your help for free? Why don't you take money? And I, you know, I'm a big believer in karma. I'm a big believer in, you know, helping startups when they need it. And, you know, then the occasional startup that I'll meet that, that will really blow me away. And I'll be like, this is an unbelievable technology or an unbelievable team or something. And then maybe I'll join in some sort of advisory role. But 99.9% of the companies that I meet, you know, they buy me lunch maybe, and then I'll, I'll help in any way I can. But yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get paid for any of this. It's incredible. And you were also featured on I-24 News? Correct. What's it like being on live TV? How did it talk uh, me mean, through that? Uh, how did like... you get that gig? No, they just reached out. They said it was actually uh, almost, a, I think it was pretty much a year ago exactly. We, it was CES, and um, there were so many Israeli companies at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and they said, can you come on and talk about the Israeli companies? And I was like, you know, this is you could wake me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and say to me, name 50 companies at CES, and I'd be able to name them because this is what I love to do, you know? Right. And so I came on, and I just talked about it. It was it's very nice. I mean, it's... It's a cool place. They have an amazing studio, but I don't think it's you know fundamentally different than going on non-live TV or even on Twitter when you're broadcasting, you're doing your thing. So this is on video. I don't think it's... Do you get nervous to put yourself out there? No, not at all. I mean, I don't, I don't share things that I don't want to share. People say, you know, but you're out there. I'm out there. What I want people to see is what people see. I don't, I don't share things that I don't want people to see. What wouldn't you share? What would I not share? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that are over the line. I don't need, you know, I don't know, personal things about relationships, about family. I mean, do, I do share pictures of, of kids, for example, on Facebook, but I don't right. on Twitter. Why? I mean, my Twitter followers are way more global. I don't need, need you know, people and who knows where seeing kids, pictures of my kids. And Google Plus is even the other extreme. I mean, it's even more extreme. There right. are, you know, tons of anti-Israel, tons of anti-Semitic mm-hmm. uh, people. And I get a lot of hate for my pro-Israel stuff wow. on Google Plus. And that only incentivizes me to do it more. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, don't, I don't share personal things like Google Plus almost ever. Right. You interviewed the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak? This is true. Okay, so I'd love to interview him on my show. How, how did you get to interview him? It's a pretty amazing story, but I think it's a lesson. It really is a lesson for everyone. The truth mm-hmm. is, part of my content strategy many, many years ago, many years ago, seven years ago, I guess that's many in the digital world, was to interview people that inspire me. And so I, I set my, you know, I literally made myself a list of people that impacted my life. And I said, I would like, I would love to interview these people. And I said to myself, all right, well, who the hell are you? And how would you ever get to Steve Wozniak? But So you actually wanted to interview him. It didn't just happen by chance. Yeah, you no, I, I targeted him, quote unquote. I really wanted to interview okay. him. So I reached out you know, Facebook message. And he responded and he said, yeah, I don't have time. Sorry. And wow. I, waited, I waited a year and I said, listen, I'd really love to interview. And he said, listen, Steve Jobs just died. I have no time. The press is really all <laughs> over me and not going to happen. But I was persistent. I think third or fourth time I asked him, he said, all right, just send me the email. And so I sent him questions by email. That's it. So, so you, you initiated on Facebook. Correct. Okay. He's very active on Facebook. And I sent him email questions. He responded with really insightful so answers. So he gave you his email address. Correct. His email address is actually public, but okay. yeah. And uh, I sent him the questions. He responded with much more information than I thought he would respond with tons of information. I, I published the, the interview and it was like, wow, there's some random guy in Israel interviewing the, the, you know, the founder of Apple. So it went pretty viral online mm-hmm. and it got a lot of, a lot of traction. And then he commented on my Facebook and said, wow, if I had known it was going to get this many likes, I would have let you interview me years ago. <laughs> that was cool. But that was, you know, not such a big deal because it was over email. Okay. Fast forward a few months and Steve Wozniak's coming to Israel for a day and he 
you know, pings me. He's like, let's have breakfast. And so I met him in the no lobby way. in the hotel in, in Tel Aviv, and we just sat for an hour and a half, two hours, and it was unbelievable. And the kicker and the cherry on top is that it was in the middle of the Gaza war, and there was an incoming rocket in the middle of our meeting. I had to rush Steve Wozniak to a bomb shelter. You took Steve Wozniak. Founder of Apple and me in a bomb shelter. Of course, we had to take a selfie there. And truth is, Business Insider um, actually wrote an entire article about it. They, they titled it, How the Robert Scoble of Israel Ended Up in a Bomb Shelter with the Founder of Apple. Oh, my goodness. That's it was, insane. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy story. So, okay, you're obviously very focused on building your personal brand. Why do you think it's so important for someone who's looking to start up a business or is running a business to build their personal brand? And what would you recommend our listeners to start doing today to build their personal brand? So first of all, it's, it's interesting because when we originally spoke in terms of you know setting up this interview, if you had asked me that question, I probably would have given you a different answer. But now, this past Thursday, I actually launched a product, the Zcast that we talked about. We're going to talk about that. And it was, it was, a bl- it was an unbelievable, I've never been involved in a, in a launch this way, you know, like this in mm-hmm. terms of the press, in terms of everything. And the truth is, the results you know, are, I guess in the pudding. You see, when I do ask, quote unquote, for something, for support from the community, the community steps up because for the last five years, they've been getting content from me, right? I've been blogging, I've been tweeting, I've been doing all this stuff, quote unquote, you know, providing value, meeting startups and not asking for anything. All of a sudden now, Hillel needs something back. They're, you know, everybody was, I wouldn't, I had to say they were happy to help is an understatement. Everybody was unbelievably helpful and it, and it pushed this product, you know, forward. And so building a personal brand is, is super important on that end, but it's not just about getting something back. I think that, um, you know, Whatever company you're running, whatever company you are, it doesn't matter if you're enterprise or if you're consumer, people are the world in which you just have a product and people are going to use your product. I believe that world is, is over. Today, it doesn't matter. Again, if you're enterprise, you need to have a face that as, as your target audience, I can interact with, whether that means reading your blog, following you on Twitter, interacting with you. If you're just a product, there are a lot of products out there. You're going to disappear. The noise is going to swallow you up. You need to stand out and you need to have a face. You need to be much more personal, something I can identify with as your target audience. And again, look at the biggest companies out there. The obvious you know example is, is Rackspace, right? They're a web hosting company, the most, I guess, unsexy thing I can think of. Right. But they have this guy, Robert Scoble, going around the world, meeting startups, providing value, building this, doing, you know, create, making a tremendous amount of noise. And one might look from the side and say, well, why are they paying him money to do that? He's not selling rack space, but you can be sure that Robert Scoble is selling more rack space than their sales team. And he's doing it indirectly and subtly, which is, in my opinion, the foundation of good marketing, subtlety. And so, you know, to build a, a company, to build a brand for your company, where I, I work at Zula, you know, Zula's whole marketing strategy is, is built around this, this thing called branding. And so when we, we had a conference in last last year in New York and some of our investors were like, well, you're an early stage startup. Why are you having a conference? It was sold out. We brought industry leaders from Gary Vaynerchuk to Mashable to Business Insider to come speak. Gary Vaynerchuk on Yeah, he came, spoke I for free. Him. For I free. Get him. Just reached out on Twitter and he follows me and we just, I just DM'd him and I said, Gary, I'd love for you to come speak. He's all right, I'm going to waive the $50,000. He's probably got how many followers and how many people going, hey, Gary, can yeah, I meet with you? Except that Why he would he talk to you? Because he follows and he sees what I do. Exactly that. He sees what do you do differently to everyone else? That's what I, I write know. as often as I possibly can. I give back. I give, give, give. Just about anything. What am I writing about? Yeah. About technology. About technology. But the point is I'm giving. Before ten times I'll give ten things before I ask for one. So when I ask Gary, you know, it's Hillel who I know follow I follow on Twitter who gives and gives and gives. Now he's asking. And he actually he emailed I'll never forget the email. I got an email in my inbox where Gary emailed his assistant and said, Let's waive the fifty thousand dollars for Hillel. He's a friend. What? I almost fainted. So he came and he did the keynote and it was fantastic. And we built He charges fifty thousand dollars and yeah. he came for free. And it's worth every cent, by the way. Uh but the point is, you know, we we, we sold out this event. It was an unbelievable success. How did we do that? We did, we did that through the personal brand that we had built previously. When you say we, you, you mean you. Well, not just me. We have, we have you know, a woman who works with us on the marketing uh, in New York, yeah, Farhana. But, but you are the personal brand. It's my personal brand, her right. personal brand. We, okay. we leverage it all. We just, you know, we, we build this community around us that uh, people just want to give back. 
Well, That's the reality. So what, what is Zcast? I want to know more about it because I'm a podcaster. And how would it help me? Well, it might put you out of business. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the reality is, as you know, we're now sitting in the same room at the same time using right. high-end technology because that's what's necessary to podcast today. Right. The truth is that podcasting as, as an industry is growing. Uh, it's a very exciting industry, but for the normal person to podcast, we both know is not an easy thing and the barrier is way too high and it hasn't really changed. There are a lot of companies addressing the distribution of podcasts. You can put it on iTunes, put it on SoundCloud. That's great. But if a normal person wants to now, I don't want to call it podcasting because podcasting is kind of a geeky word mm -hmm. but if my father who's an educator wants to talk to four senior educators around the world and have a thousand principals of schools listening to them talk like a panel or like a, a round table or like a talk radio show right mm -hmm. we call it a podcast in the geeky world but in the mainstream world it's just literally a conversation That's a conference call right but public interactive so people can listen to us talk okay. and interact comment and we can engage with them it's a talk radio it's show basically platform. correct so you can call you can have comments from the crowd and then you can pull someone in like calling into a radio show and you can zcast which is i guess the equivalent of podcasting from your phone no you know no initial setup required and you can do it on the web you don't need anything three seconds in your podcast would it be as good quality though as a regular podcast so that's a great question so obviously you know the high-end studios that are you know twenty thousand dollar studios that's that's not mm -hmm. clearly that's not where we're at right now but you can zcast from the web and use as high-end equipment as you want you know it's really up to you the, the reality is that the quality of the zcast that we've been doing for the past since we launched on thursday have been you know blowing everyone away we we, we didn't even expect this we have the blind community the blind community we never even thought about it using it to create podcasts and interacting with their audience they have software that reads the comments to them in real time and they they're building like a podcasting now it's 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 been wild it's been That's an incredible. insane ride the only thing that i i mean i found out about zcast recently and one of the things that i didn't like about it if you don't mind me saying of course is that when you record, when you do the Zcast, it doesn't record. Right. So it, it's it's gone. The minute you've finished, it's gone. Great. And I'm all about, when I create content, I want people to be hearing it in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. Great point. So first of all, I'll start with the fact that this was an internal debate, whether we release it without the recording or not. But the recording version is already submitted to Apple. So we'll, we'll be recording within a matter of weeks. Right now, it's live only. Mm -hmm. uh, it is being recorded, by the way, in, on the server. It's just the recording user interface in the app is not yet is not yet implemented. Can it I will, record? while I'm using Zcast, can I, I can use... As of right now, as we speak, the, the app does not support recording. Even if, if you I want, want the to record... If you want the recording, I can send it to you. Oh, okay. Meaning it is being recorded, but the app itself doesn't show it yet. It will show it in a matter of weeks. It's already in, in submission to Apple. Okay, so then you had this debate, but you decided that... Yes, we wanted to ship, ship early, get it out there. <laughs> really. That's very cool. I actually did a Google search today for Zcast, and you've literally gone viral. You're being mentioned by Lifehacker, NextWeb, Mashable, The Verge. These are huge names in the tech world. How did you get such great exposure? Well, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the reality is that all of those people, all of those publications, are people. They're running, you know, and they're writing and they're all quote unquote colleagues of mine because they follow me on Twitter. They read my writing. And so when I pitch them, it's not just another startup pitching them. It's Hillel, right? We know him, right? Martin Bryant, who's the editor at large of the next web is a good friend, right? You know, the verge, Dan Seifert, when I was in New York, we had coffee and you know, I went to his office and we, we hung out and these are, these are friends. So if I want them to write, you know, if it's not a good product, they're not going to write. But the reality is for me to reach the verge, I don't need to hire a PR agency to do it. I'll just reach out to a friend of mine, Dan, who follows me on Twitter or Martin Bryant or, you know, Mashable, um, you know, they're, they're all, they're all friends and so that's what i that is exactly the result of what we talked about before the personal brand building those relationships when you say friend because like if if i was to meet gary vaynerchuk i wouldn't see him as a friend i'd see him as this like celebrity and oh my god what am i going to say to him how you know how do you how do you i guess build that connection that personal connection with well, someone like years and years and years of hard work but the reality is i think gary would say we're you know i'm a friend i definitely consider him a friend when he was in israel we, you know i saw him in israel i went to new york he spoke at the conference he was 
I definitely would say he's a friend, but yeah, it takes time and hard work. You know, he, Gary, like anyone else, you know, if they see someone, all they, all they want is, you know, opportunities. If you other people as opportunities, then, and they're all they're doing all day is asking for things. And, you know, that's not exactly, a, I, I'm on the receiving end of that. I get, you know, 50 messages a day. Please tweet this for me. Please share this for me. Please, like, I don't even know you. We haven't spoken in 10 years and you're spamming me. Like, what are you doing? You know? Mm-hmm. So. As Gary wrote in his book, jab, 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 right hook, <laughs> give, 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 and then take, right? So that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years is giving, writing, p- producing content, generating, you know, and, and just trying to give as much value to the ecosystem as possible. So again, when I ask, people are much more receptive to give. Okay. So you're a mentor, obviously for, for big names and you mentor a lot of startups. A lot of people listening to this podcast are going to be startup companies. What would be your, you know, your advice? What should they start doing? What content. should they be focusing on? Content, content, as much content as possible. Own the space in which you operate. If you are selling Barbie dolls, start writing about dolls so that when I think of dolls, I think of you. If you're a mobile advertising company, start a blog, write interesting content about mobile. Whatever it is, whatever niche you're trying to own, produce as much content as you possibly can to establish your name as an authority in your space so that in three years from now or in a year from now, it doesn't matter, it depends on how much you write, mm-hmm. when someone thinks of that niche, your name comes up comes up in their mind because you've been generating content and building up your you know your authority, I guess, your name and your brand and your um, awareness as an authority in this space. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's I about. I think a lot of people, what they want is the quick win, right? They yeah, just well, want to get the quick sale. It doesn't sell. work that way. And you're talking about years of building content. No, it doesn't have to Maybe be years. Maybe not years, but months even. Definitely months. Months of building content, yes, but free it's not, content. You're not getting paid for it. You're putting yourself out it's there. It's not mutually exclusive though. In other words, you can do the sales, you can do the business development, but you know, again, a, a company without a brand, a company without content, a company without some sort of value mm-hmm. is, is not going to make it today. And so rather than building the corporate brand, you're saying focus more on the personal not rather, brand. Rather, both. Build the corporate brand, but also build the... Have someone who's a name or a face that I can identify with and I can connect with on a personal level. Right. Some companies like Pebble, you know, the, the watches. No, they're not Pebble. The smartwatch Pebble? They started... Oh, yeah, yeah, the, of course. Yeah, yeah. so they, they, you, 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 you tweet them, they'll respond with like a, an animated GIF. Just a really? cute thing, yeah. Like Old Spice did the thing with the personalized videos. Like right. it's, you know, That makes your customers feel really good when you're engaging with them on a personal level. That is what it's about. You need to have someone there on social with a presence, answering questions, responding, listening. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost is listening before anything else. And if someone's, let's say, working for a company right now, they're thinking of leaving their job to start a business, what would be your advice to them? Get ready for a long ride. It's not easy. I think, you know, we read TechCrunch and we get excited by the, all the glory of the startup world. Mm-hmm. I mean, my launch day on Thursday was a 21-hour workday. I'm not exaggerating. I didn't sleep the night before or the night after. Last night was my first night of sleep since last Wednesday. So it's it's hard work. It's really hard work. But if, you, if you're excited and passionate about what you're doing and you genuinely feel like you can change the world, you know, give it your all because, you know, unbelievable companies out there doing ridiculous things and it's not slowing down the level of innovation in today's market especially here locally it's just crazy so definitely um go for it but uh do competitive analysis make sure right. you know what's out there and make sure you know how to differentiate yourself and if you if you're not differentiated then make sure you execute your butt off right and what what else would you advise let's say a guy starting out besides just building the content what else should they be focusing on competitive analysis spend a month two months building out the landscape show me 50 companies in your space when, when an investor asks you who your competitors name 50 companies 50 and 50 competitors, but if you have 50 competitors, maybe it's not a good idea to go into business. On the contrary, that's a common misconception, right? Mm-hmm. If you have no competitors, then there's something very wrong. And then, then clearly, unless you, you're- You say that, but you just launched Zcast. Who's a competitor? Yeah, we have competitors. We have Unmute. We have, yeah, we have definitely Opinion. We have several competitors. Right. But uh, the reality is if you have no competitors at all, and then there's either there's no market or you're extremely, extremely smart and no one ever thought of this idea, which is highly unlikely in the saturated market today. So chances are there are competitors and you need to know them and- 
again, either you're going to be different than them or you're going to be better than them. It's one of the two. But if you come to an investor or a journalist and they ask you about your competitors and you say, I have none, when you have many of them, you look like a fool. <laughs> and so just remember, Apple wasn't the first, Facebook wasn't the first, there was MySpace, you know, and they just did it better. Right. So the Instagram, you know, was the 51st photo sharing app in the world, but they just did it better. And which of the, all the social media, there's so many social media platforms out there now, and there's more and more coming up. There's LinkedIn, you know, Facebook, Twitter, which one do you spend most of your time and why? It's an interesting question. I, I would have to, I would have to measure. I could tell you that till recently it was definitely Twitter. Mm -hmm. Facebook's really stepping it up. They're building a really interesting platform. They're, they're, you know, iterating all the time. They're doing amazing stuff. So I definitely do spend a lot of time on Facebook, but, uh, you know, Twitter's for, for relationship building and for, you know, just connecting with amazing people. Twitter's unbelievable. It's really, you know, so give me, give me a few examples of what, how you would use Twitter. For example. I mean, I've connected with people that are just, you know, at the pinnacle of Hollywood, like Alyssa Milano. I don't know, you know, if you know her from Who's the Boss when I was okay. growing up. Like she follows me on Twitter and we're connected and it's it's crazy all through Twitter. But the truth is, I mean, you, you want to connect with someone on Twitter, you follow them, you start engaging with them, they ask a question, you answer, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And if you you know, if you do want something from them and you know, then then build out that relationship like you would in real life. You know, you're not gonna jump on someone on the street and start to sell them, you know, on something. <laughs> right. First you'd build trust, you build so that's really how Twitter works. And I've connected with I mean Mark Mark Andreessen, the guy who basically invented the web browser, he's the biggest VC in the world, follows me. I interviewed him on Twitter. It's you can connect with anyone on Twitter. That's the culture of Twitter. It's very open. There's very few people that are, you know, so high up that they wouldn't respond to normal people. Everyone responds. So these people you just mentioned, they're actually writing on Twitter themselves. Correct. I would have thought they're using a like a writer or an agent. You know. So when when Alyssa Milano followed me, the first thing I asked her, like I DM'd her, I direct messaged her. I'm like, how the heck did you come across <laughs> me? Like, like with all due respect to myself, like who? So I, so she said I kept seeing people retweeting your content in my timeline. I kept seeing people saying retweet Hillsfold, retweet Hillsfold. I'm like, who is this Hillsfold guy? And she clicked on my bio and she saw you know who I am. What I'm, she said, oh, I'll follow him. Seems interesting. And the next question I asked her was, all right, now like. Is this really you? And she said to me, I would never let anyone touch my Twitter account. For me, this is like the, you know, this is my voice. I don't need my agent. I don't need any. This is me communicating with my fans. And there's a verification on Twitter. They verify that it's really you. So yeah, it's, I mean, there are some people that do use ghostwriters, but not, not Alyssa Milano, not Mark Andreessen for sure. And a lot of people, I think, are shying away from that. And more and more people are, are actually managing their own Twitter because it's their voice. It really is their voice. And just give me a few examples for Facebook. How would, how would you use Facebook? So the truth is, um, Facebook's an interesting platform on many levels, but as a business, it's actually problematic, Facebook, because because you know, I'm sure you've seen people say, "Please like my page." <laughs> the reality is that you're I'm one of them. You're preaching to the choir, though, because if you have a page, the people that are, are seeing you ask that are people that already liked your page. Right. So how do you so, how do you right. get past that? So it's very difficult. So again, it, it comes down to good content, good storytelling. If you see, you know, we connected on Facebook today. You can follow. I know we can't be friends right now, unfortunately, but I'm sure you could delete someone. I, I was actually, yeah, I have to do that. But I, I just reached <laughs> five thousand today. That's the truth. But what's it called? There, you'll see. I, I, I never ever promote directly anything. But when I share something about a company and I tell their story, it drives a lot of traffic to the company because I'm telling an interesting and compelling story. And so I, I'm a big fan of using Facebook as a storytelling platform. And you know, for me, I get insane engagement on Facebook, but it's but it's it's rare because most people use it to promote. That's just the nature there's of people. Because so there's so much noise out there. Yes. I Twitter, Facebook, there's so much, many people t posting about the cats, dogs, what they're eating for breakfast, etc. So what do you, how do you stand out from the noise? Right. So I, I mean, I just, it's a lot of hard work. I don't I like, you know, I would love to give you some easy, like whatever. It's just a lot of hard work. I'm, I'm up at 3.30 every morning. You know, I'm right. working my butt off and uh, I guess, uh, took, hey, listen, don't, don't get me wrong. It wasn't always... You know, I didn't have this level of engagement in the beginning. It was years and years before I saw this level of engagement. But now that I do, it's funny. Now that I do, people say, oh, can you tweet this? Can you, come on, just share it with me. I'm like, you know, why don't you spend years and years building up your audience the way I did and then go share it yourself? You know, I don't say it like that. I'm trying to be nice and respectful of people, but it is a little frustrating that people like want to hitch a ride on someone's success when this person spent years of 
you know, tears and sweat building this up again with no ROI, no return on investment. Now that I quote unquote have this engagement, people want to hitch a ride on that. And it's silly. It's, it's again, trying to cut corners. That's not the way marketing works. You right. Need to build you it just up. got to work hard, yeah. do your thing, share. Absolutely. Wow. Hello. You are a true inspiration. That's an thank, overstatement, but thank you. Thank okay. you so much for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow listeners for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.